We're live, brother. On the phone with us today, we got Jackknife Justin bringing in some more info on the stonks. But before we get to that, uh, dude, I told you I got a camper, right? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to say the name of the camper because if they want me to say the name of the camper, they're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to kick in some ducats, right? Yeah, but, <laughs> but uh, no, this is the thing that I'm really excited about with when it comes to the camper is I've got a new soundboard in the studio, and the, which means now what am I going to do with my old soundboard? I'm going to oh, okay. I'm going to put it in the camper, and the idea being uh, we take the show on the road, um, for like on the spot wow, podcast. Is what I'm thinking, yeah. Did you come up with that idea on your own? I mean, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm sure clever, there's probably other people out there that have done something like that. Yeah. But my idea, like, clever. dude, one of the things that I'm going to do this summer is Jamie and I are going to be going to a nudist campground in Idaho. And Jamie's right, never. Yeah, you told me about that. Yeah. Jamie's never been to one. So, uh, I'd like to see if maybe I could get her to talk about it while we're there. Wow. How interesting, dude. That's yeah. actually kind of sort of clever. I'm going to take you know it on. I, mean? the, I like that. I'm going to take it on the road, dude. Think about it. We could park the, we could park the trailer down there at uh, the pride parade this year. Yeah. Maybe snag an interview from some interesting people, hmm. whatever you want to call it. But I mean like, dude, so yeah. I mean, basically wherever I'm at, you know, like, Hey, that guy's interesting. Come here and talk to me a minute. Let's get you on crunching yeah. the numbers. That'd be kind of cool for you to uh, do a podcast in your camper at a pride parade, considering you actually drove a semi truck in a pride parade. I did drive a semi in the pride parade. <laughs> I forgot I about that. Yeah. Remember that? Dude, back in the day, you took the brand new truck, dude, and drove yeah. it in the parade. That's cool as shit. I took the boss's truck, dude. Yeah. And the funny it was thing the too, the only really good one we had, so you had to take that one. Yeah, I had to take that one. The funny thing about yeah. that too was that he told me, he was like, "Don't you smoke in my truck?" Like he lectured me about it because I smoked at the time, and I was like, yeah. "Yeah, all right, that's fine." So what I ended up doing, which I thought was hilarious at the time, was I got everyone down there in the pride parade. I don't know if you've ever been to one, but mm -mm. people dress up, and some of them look absolutely crazy. I mean, not crazy in a bad sense. It's just like the amount of effort they must have put in to to being that dressed up is just, you know, obviously this is a special event, right? And, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. And so I thought it was funny to get, I got all these different people, like there was a, a person with a beard. Um, yeah. But was also wearing a dress. And I don't know, I don't know if they were just cross-dressing for the day or if they were transgender i'm not 100 percent sure but i got all kinds yeah, of different but you pictures. don't even really want to ask but i mean did they give you kind of like a vibe that they were sort of impersonating what they really didn't stand for or no well i have to i have to assume that because they had a beard oh um, i see they probably weren't in the process of transitioning um, oh do people really would do that you think Go down there to like sort of poke fun at something they don't really understand. You think that would even happen? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, there's a guy who stands on the corner every year with a sign that says something about like fags, 
Jews, wow. something or other. Yeah, it's it's pretty. It says I can't even remember what what all it says on there, but it's it's straight up written on the front, like the uh, Westboro Baptist Church, where it says like uh, God hates fags or whatever. Right. It's pretty intense, yeah, whatever it says, but it's like basically like drunkards, uh, homosexuals. Uh, okay. something or other a- anyways it says on your sign we're basically we're all going to hell so yeah there i mean there's people that go down there to protest it but it's not um this this person was down there to celebrate and so it was uh if i had to guess uh they were a man because they had yeah. i mean a full a bigger beard than i had at the time and but then was also wearing a dress and so what i did was i got all these interesting people in their cool costumes and stuff. I got them to take pictures with the truck and like climb in the seat and stuff. Mm. And, uh, uh, that's cool. I can't confirm this, but I'm under the impression that because of that, the boss never drove that truck again. And, oh, brother. But he was ancient, right? So like he, he yeah. was, yeah. You know, what are you going to do? Right. It's like trying to fix wow, your racist dude. grandparents. <laughs> wow. What are you going to do? Yeah. You know what, dude? They, I think I've heard it said they were those convinced against their will are of the same opinion still, and that kind of goes down that road. Yeah. yeah There's I, almost really nothing you can do once you've made your mind up about something. Well, that's. I think I ended yeah. up being the guy driving in that parade just because they just sort of like assumed, like, well, he's young. He's probably not going to throw a fit about it, you know, because I, I was the youngest yeah. guy in the department by 10 years. Yeah, but I think you kind of sort of volunteered and, like, you know. Well, at one point, one of the other drivers. You were the best man for the job anyway, so that was fine. Yeah. Well, one of the other drivers was complaining about being asked to do it. And I was like, dude, I'll do it. And then he went and told our other boss. And then the other boss was like, yeah, if you're willing to do it, dude, you do it. So, but dude, it was a lot of fun. I I had a blast the whole time down there. Um, You know, no one, I didn't get... Uh, I did have, uh, <laughs> there was a guy dressed up like an Indian, uh, from the, uh, village people. Right. Yeah. Okay. And I'm, I'm driving the truck, blowing the horn. And he said something. I didn't know what he said. So I like leaned out the window and I was like, what was that? And he was like, are you dating daddy? And I was like, oh, boy. no, bro, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> mm. So well, the good news for you, dude, you've, uh, what Never you come up short in the handsome department. So you should be just fine. Yeah, I, I am a good looking dude. Don't worry That's about true. it. But, but anyway, so moving on, dude. Everything's about what I want to talk about. What else you have to talk about before we get to what I want? That's about? that's all I got, man. I the, just the mobile the mobile studio, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that's a great idea. Yeah, I think that's way cool. I'm pretty excited about the the concept of that. I think it'll be pretty cool to be able to take a show on the road. Uh, and at least get yeah. some decent sound, right? Like I've heard people do podcasts in the car, and it just sounds terrible. I'm thinking in a camper or park, it should be pretty decent. Yeah, I'm sure you'll go all in and make it sound cool, and you yeah. know, I mean, you don't really do really anything half-assed. So, if I was a betting man, and I'm a betting man, I would say uh, it'll probably sound pretty good. It'll turn out so all right, I do. think. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, dude, the last time we talked, GameStop had gone through the roof in the stock market. The hedge fund managers had short sold game stock up to 120%, right? Oh, why do you why do you call it game stock all the time? It reminds me of all these 
people on TV that do that. They know damn well it's GameStop. I said GameStop. Oh, you did? I might have said GameStop. You- well, the problem is, is stop and stock are so close together. I keep, I, I probably keep screwing that up. I'll, I'll admit that. Oh, okay. So GameStop, right? We'll just, just say GME then. Yeah, let's call GME. We're talking about GME. GME, right? Yeah. Yeah, so GME... Uh, was was shorted by the hedge funds, and then yeah. Uh, what's it called on Reddit? All the Wall Street bet. Wall Street bets. Yep, that's. I was I was thinking it was like amateur Wall Street or something like that, which is probably just a porn. But uh, yeah, probably <laughs> the shenanigans that goes on in the office and shit. Yeah, yeah, that's what that. Uh, they said no. You're not gonna take my GameStop. And bam, they bought it in record numbers, and now it's turned into a hold the line game. Yeah, well, it wasn't that you're not going to take it. It's just we're not going to allow you to drive it into the ground. Right, intentionally. That's what it was. Yeah, because they're like sort of what I've been learning about. You know, this because I mean, obviously, I'm not. I mean, I know roughly a little bit about the market and sort of kind of how it works. I've always taken sort of a kind of an interest in it. But the fact that I didn't realize that you could almost take a company that is doing okay and they would be okay if they had an opportunity to sort of reinvent the business model. But if you piled on and shorted it, it strips your opportunity to change anything because the masses think you're in trouble and they sort of ask end you trying to improve. Well, and it kind of, it kind of turns into a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? When somebody sells the price drops and then when the price drops, someone else looks at that and then they sell. Right. And then when when you hear, when you hear that billionaires, uh, or you know, billion dollar hedge funds, uh, or I, I maybe they're even trillions. I don't know. Uh, they basically say, "Yeah, dude, this thing's going in the toilet." So everybody, well, since, jumps- you're the, since you're a pretty big research guy, yeah. Um, one of the hedge funds that's been called out by name is uh, Citadel Capital. Okay. So I don't know if there's any way to find out what kind of sort of I don't know assets or like well total money on hand yeah. how much are they worth while i look at that who is it again citadel capital yeah it's like c is in charlie India. I, I can spell it yeah i got you there oh, oh you're not like <laughs> me where you don't know how to spell anything no, i got her uh, but uh while i look that up let me see if i can dig up some information on that while i'm looking that up why don't okay. you uh kind of give us a rundown on What's happened since our last show or the last call-in? So the difference is, though, is because when I'm talking to you right now, like it's sort of just like a normal phone call that you and I will have just throughout life. So I'm not 100% sure what we talked about then in comparison to what we haven't talked about, like sort of off air. I just start start from the top, but, dude. But I Oops. mean... What I've sort of been getting at is is uh, what I've sort of been noticing and pulling off of, like, what these guys are getting at. And really, what we've sort of seen is kind of like 
the absolute definition of Tom fuckery gone astray, which is these guys know damn well the position they're in and they are going to pull out every gap and every loophole and every favor and everybody. Hey, I, I contributed to you doing this and they're going to pull out, they're going to pull every stop out, I guess you would call, which is like, it's kind of horseshit because they got caught doing something and now they're going to start calling in some favors from their previous past. Yeah. You know, and, and to sort of see like a person like on the wall street bet site who sees the favors they call in and go, Hey, Oh yeah. By the way, you know why this person's doing this? Um, uh, I don't, I'm not sure if you guys are aware he, this dude has to have like a serious team of people that do research and are smart as shit that can just go through the internet and dig shit up and know how to do all that, which he goes, Oh yeah, that's interesting that, um, our fed chair, you know, Janet Yellen is wanting to impose these big taxes and shit on the small person for making, uh, what they call a gamble which I love that if, if you're an institution, dude, and you invest money, you're wicked smart, you know what you're doing. But if you're just an average regular citizen, you buy something, you're a gambler and a day trader and a stimulus check asshole. That that's what I took out of it. Right. And so it's like, okay, so we're going to go out here and try to see. So you got this fed chair now who's got this agenda, which is, you know, whether, whether or not, you know, she was paid. See, Fed chairs get paid a speaking fee, they call it, right? Sure. Well, if you're a Fed chair, you're on the government payroll, and you're kind of supposed to sort of work for the government, kind of, sort of. But, I mean, you can get paid to go speak somewhere to educate them, right? There's, yeah. there's no Tom fuckery in that, right? Like, dude, hey, hey, Brady, I... I'm willing to pay you um, three grand to come educate me on my quaking aspen trees in my front yard. Yeah. I mean, like, dude, they already know this shit. It's a way of sort of redirecting a contribution to sort of buy a favor. That's how I see it. So they go, hey, look, um, is it any surprise that this girl, you know, Janet Yellen is out here trying to figure out a way to handcuff the American people, the small people when Citadel capital has paid her 800 and you know, $10,000 to come do a couple speeches. Like they will call your ass out for shit to try to figure out why the motivation is to protect these people. So they call in a favor and then they expose well, why do you think she executed on that favor? What does she owe them? Well, I don't know. She's yeah. only been paid a hundred, eight hundred and ten grand to go speak in public, right? For these people, so I, I really like like sort of like their honesty and like sort of revealing horseshit, you know. So it kind of got me like, what was I even talking about? I forgot, but. You're talking about what you're talking about is this lady. She's 
technically a government employee, right? Mm-hmm. And she's being paid to go speak. Uh, you know, she's she's being paid public speaking fees to go out and have these conversations or whatever, like a Ted talk about financials. And then when the financial market that paid her to come speak needs something, they just call her up and like, Hey man. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, so like, you know, she's in the process of trying to sort of figure it out and do they, if you look at it and you kind of take a, like more of a bird's eye view and just kind of look at it and don't have an opinion either way, they've pulled out every damn stop gap that they can like, okay, so we don't want these guys buying this stock because we know that you guys did some illegal shit, but we've kind of turned a blind eye to you doing illegal shit, which indirectly is sort of our fault for not enforcing rules. We should have fucking implied back in 08. Right. So, you know, what we'll do is like, I could imagine you and I having this conversation, like trying to figure out like, okay, dude, this is the Avenue they're going down what can we do to try to stop it? So it's like, Hey, this is the problem. We got average people buying this. We committed a crime. You know, it's a crime. You didn't enforce the rules, but you kind of sort of turned a blind eye to kind of sort of uh, grease the palms as they say. And, uh, Hey, we need a favor here. Okay. So they get together and they're fucking crook think tank that they have. And they go, okay, so here's what we can do. Step one, we can limit how much they can have. You know, if step two, we can delay anything we can to sort of pull the momentum away from this serious subject that we should have addressed already because we're fucking assholes and we didn't do it. But we're in this predicament now. And so they've, they've systematically done every damn thing that they could possibly come up with to slow the momentum down of what the real problem was. Right. And I kind of like their site because their forum that they kick out goes, Hey man, is this a surprise to really anybody that they're doing this and they're doing this? I mean, what did that really tell you when you could, you couldn't buy this and you couldn't buy that? It's kind of horseshit, in my opinion. Yeah. It was kind of so. irritating uh, to sort of be, you know, cause we talked and I decided I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to do my part in preventing these hedge funds from winning this war. And I'm going to buy some GameStop stock. Yeah. And so I did some GME. Right. And, uh, yeah. but it probably in the course of you and I talking, it probably took like three days for me to be able to pull the trigger. And I feel like it took you, uh, at least two well, it took me through like three different, like you, you tried it through like three different investment routes too, didn't you? Yeah, I went down the, um, so I, I went and got a Vanguard account because obviously Vanguard is the biggest brokerage on the planet, dude. I mean, what do they have? $5 trillion under assets. I mean, there is no bigger brokerage. Right, And they are big because they don't really charge a lot of fees and shit. And people aren't into fees. I get all that. But you need a decent amount of money. I think it was like three or five. I'm not sure the minimum. So I was like, okay, well, if they're going to go down this road where the the average guy can't pick up a couple shares on Robinhood, well, I happen to know about other brokerages. So 
I'll open up an account at Vanguard. And if they want three or 5,000, I'll put in that. And then, so I go, okay, so I got the biggest brokerage house and then basically the smallest brokerage house. That was sort of my angle. Right. So I'm like, okay, so I'll do that. Well, dude, it took me from the day that it sort of broke the news, which I think is hilarious in a roundabout way because of the fact that the only reason I learned about um, this guy on Wall Street's bet catching a crook in the act is by the same people who, like, I don't, I don't know, like, if they agree with it or, or what, but they seem to demonize this person, which is a weird thing, dude. You would get sort of interested in a subject that they were doing everything to suppress. Right. Had they not talked about that shit, a person like me would have never really known or noticed it. Because, I mean, like, real, realistically, how often do you really sort of check the market? You know, you kind of just trickle in money into your S&P fund or whatever. The average person doesn't do that. So I kind of like the fact that they pulled me into something I wouldn't even gotten involved in. Right. So, but I mean, the, the area where they go after where I, so I opened up my Robinhood account and my initial deposit was 250 bucks. And I think it took me now I'd have to go back and look at like when I first executed my first trade, but it would have to, it was back from when it first hit the news to then to get my account funded. Now I'm not going to bad mouth Robinhood because these guys are going through like growing pains, dude. So they couldn't really get your shit opened up very fast. They didn't realize they were going to have this massive influx of people. So I didn't give them a hard time, but the situation that really raised a red flag to me was when I opened a Vanguard account, which is the biggest brokerage house ever established probably. And it took longer for them to fund my money than Robinhood, technically. Right. Well, I wonder why that is. Well, now those, come to find, you I know? mean, those big, the big companies, right? Like it does not benefit them to help bring down the hedge funds. Right. So I pulled up the information. We were talking about it earlier with Citadel and it says Citadel operates with an estimated $35 billion in investment capital. So that's a pretty big sledgehammer to wield in the market. And if they decide that you as a brokerage are not playing ball and they pull that $35 million from you, that can hurt. Right? Yeah. So I mean well, of course kind, of yeah, course those of, of course those types of places. Like if Vanguard is making money through Citadel's thirty five million dollar investments. Dude, I think it's billion. 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 Yeah, yeah. it's billion. Thirty five billion dollars in investments. If they pulled that let's let's say they were just doing half of their their their, bro, their brokering through Vanguard and they pulled that, and we're talking what, seventeen and a half million billion dollars, I mean that would hurt. Vanguard would hurt over that. So of course yeah, they're going to play ball and make it difficult for you to buy GameStop. Yeah, yeah, you would think so. But I mean, 
in the overall picture of Vanguard's business model, when you're sitting on $5 trillion of assets and a hedge fund with $35 billion wants to do business with you. So $5 trillion would be $5,000 billion, right? Takes one thousand billion to make a trillion. So, right. so they're holding their total assets is about what five thousand billion, and a do with thirty five billion wants to do business. That's cool, but in com- retro or you know in comparison to like them, yeah, that's great. But you know why? A but the whole like market is going out, to apply pressure when there's instability, like there was with through GME. Well, here was the route I was going down, which is, and I, you know what? Citadel. I don't even, want, I don't even want to call it instability, because that sort of. Hang on a second, dude. You know what? No, this is Tom Fuckery of yeah, doing I, something I, illegal. Yeah, There's I, something different here. I don't want to call it instability because it's not. Uh, that that's going to scare people away from it, and they shouldn't be afraid of it, right? So they call no. it instability to scare us away. Yeah, because they don't want. It's I, mean, I think ultimately they don't really want the average sort of citizen that makes, you know, just an income and sort of lives kind of like paycheck to paycheck and stuff, really dabbling in their world. You know, they're sort of the muckety mucks of the, you know, fat cats of the world that go, hey, dude, this is our area. How about you focus on you getting by every day and stop fucking getting involved in something we do? We're the rich. We're, we'll take care of it. They were a lot smarter than you. We'll take care of it, which whatever, dude, I don't give a rat's ass if that's their approach or whatever. But I mean, I don't like it. I think it's horseshit. But I mean, I was thinking to myself when the delay was coming from the funding of Vanguard, I thought if I was Citadel and I wanted to borrow shares, which is the equivalent of shorting, who would you go to to borrow the most? Who do you think has the most? Uh, maybe Vanguard. I mean, they are the biggest one, right? They have probably the most clients. More than likely, they have the most clients that hold the most shares of the company. I want to borrow. So for them to kind of sort of slow roll their stuff, whether it was intentional or it was based a hundred percent on. They were getting a bunch of people coming to them because they couldn't go to like the smaller places to get a funder. They did the approach I did, which was who's the biggest outside of Robin Hood? Who knows? I don't really know what their agenda was, but if I was Citadel, I would go, I want to borrow the most shares possible. I would go to the person who I would think would have the most. Right. So anyway... But I mean, like, that was kind of like where my brain was kind of going with it. Right. Which was maybe, I mean, I don't think they have to disclose that kind of stuff. Like, how many shares did they borrow from Vanguard? Or, and you know what, dude? It's not, it's not a crime to borrow the um, shares from a company. It's actually beneficial for Vanguard to loan those shares out because... They have all those people that own them. So if they have someone that wants to borrow them, then why not loan them out? Because it, Vanguard makes 
Yeah, but what do you get an interest rate on them? Right? Okay, so so if I borrow a stock from you, I'm Citadel, mm-hmm. you're Vanguard. I call you up and I was like, hey man, I know a lot of the guys that you represent have got a bunch of shares in Lysol, and I want to borrow those stocks. So am I? What am I paying you the interest? Is is it sort of like I'm borrow? I'm taking a loan out, and then I pay you interest on that on that loan. How yeah, basically, because because you you borrow them at a certain price. So like, if they came in and if Citadel comes into Vanguard and says, "Hey, I want to borrow all your shares that you have of GameStop," and they go, "Hey, we happen to have twenty million shares." I don't know if that's information you can dig up, or even if they would even tell you, or probably not. But right, if Citadel goes, "Hey, man, you know how this company's in trouble." Um, they're trading at 20 bucks a share. I want to borrow all the shares from all the people that you represent. Since you're a brokerage, they hold them. They hold the shares. I want to borrow them at 20 bucks. And, um, when they go down to a dollar or zero, I'll buy them. I will replace them for you. That's the key. I will replace them for you. So they go, okay, we'll loan them to you. And so technically that brokerage doesn't have the shares anymore. They lent them out. So they say, okay, dude, um, that's fine. But based upon, you know, the amount of shares you want to borrow and the amount of what they represent, it becomes sort of like a loan. They're loaning them to you. So they charge what they call like an interest rate or sort of, okay, you're going to pay us, one percent or two per, who, who the hell knows it based upon whatever contract they dream up together right so maybe maybe they're borrowing a certain percentage and they go okay you can borrow them at 20 20 bucks and then if they drop to five they'll replace them and they made 15 bucks that's fine dude. it happens all the time that's completely legal but the the problem is is if you run into the illegal road which I don't know if Vanguard did it or not, or if it was another brokerage or who knows, but obviously along the line of all these different brokerages that represent people that hold these shares, as these hedge funds were borrowing the shares, they figured out a way to borrow more than that was available. So the outstanding shares of all of GameStop is only like 70 million since their last report that they have to file, whether I think it's quarterly, there's only 70 million total. So So somehow they borrowed more than 70 million shares. Yeah. Well, okay. How does that work? So here's, I've been getting some phone calls since our last show. Um, and anyone who has questions about this can can reach us at murdershackstudios at gmail.com. And they can ask Justin his his opinion or advice on this. But uh and, and we're not a we're definitely not a financial podcast, so please don't take yeah. any of this to be advice by any means. Me neither, but it's yeah. just shit that I've been learning. You know, right. sort of like brainstorming, figuring out how this shit works. Yeah, but we're definitely not the absolute authority on it. But so the question that I've been getting is how exactly now let's say Wall Street bets didn't get involved, right? Reddit didn't jump on this and say, hey, fuck you. Um, but how exactly is it beneficial 
too short a stock? What, how, where, where does the money come from for me to short Justin Inc. Right. Right. So, because it doesn't make sense that I would borrow the stock and then benefit from the stock losing value. Why? Okay. So, why? So, so where does that money come from? So let, that's let me the, see if I can break the, I, the transition down. I think I understand it, but I feel like you're a better yeah. teacher in this. And that's why when I when I got this question over and over again, I wanted to follow up again. So where does that money come from? How do I benefit from shorting your company? So if you're a brokerage and you're basically a middleman, really, right? So you get a guy like me who has five brand. I don't have access to the floor. I don't have access to buy stocks. Who am I? I'm just a regular citizen. So who do I go to? I go to the person who can do it, right? That's a brokerage. Right. So I give them my five grand and I go, hey, I can't go to the floor and buy them, but I know you can. So I'll, I'll give you my five grand. You open me an account and I'm going to buy five grand worth of this stock. The brokerage goes out, buys the five grand of stock. And puts it in your account. Now, you don't physically own those shares. Technically, on a piece of paper. The brokerage holds your shares because you don't take delivery on a, of them because it's a pain in the fucking ass to go and sell them by yourself. You don't have the authority to go do it. Right. So, so what does an average person do? They keep their shares at the brokerage, right? So if they want right. to sell them, the brokerage holds them. So the brokerage goes, okay, cool. This guy that we represent owns five grand worth of these shares. We're hanging on to them. We know a guy who wants to borrow those shares. So you know what? We'll act as the middleman between the guy who owns them and the guy who wants to borrow them. The guy who owns them thinks, obviously, because he owns the shit, that it's going to go up in value, right? Well, this guy who wants to borrow them thinks they're going to go down in value. So the middleman goes, well, I have nothing to lose. Either way, one of these people is going to lose. So what do they do? They act as a middleman and go, hey, I know a guy who owns these. I will loan you his because for every dollar his goes down, then it's for every dollar yours you make by it going down. See what I mean? Right. It's a middleman transition. <laughs> so the brokerage goes, hey, for providing this service, I will charge a fee, being interest, for providing a middleman service for you to loan and buy. The problem comes in, which they tried to address back in 08 from what I've dug up and learned, is... A brokerage knows how many clients they have and how many shares every one of those clients owns. Right. So let's just say they had a bunch of clients and, and they own a million shares. The broker or the, the you know hedge fund comes to the broker and goes, hey, I want to borrow all the shares that you have. And if the broker is not, quote, on the up and up, and he goes, hey, we have a million. And the hedge fund goes, 
dude, it is beyond fucking obvious based upon the pandemic, based upon people can't go to the stores and buy shit because they don't have any money, based upon the fact that we've noticed that this company is not doing very well. Dude, you know that this stock's going to go down because they're not doing so great. How about you just say that I borrowed a million and a half shares, even though you technically only hold a million in place of your client. That's a naked short. He is loaning out more shares than what the brokerage currently technically holds. It's fucking illegal. You are not allowed to loan out more shares than you hold in your possession as a brokerage. That's a naked short. It's, it's illegal, and they put an end to that shit in 08 because it was a prime example on why shit dominoed. But they kind of turn a blind eye to the thing. So if a brokerage is not on the up and up, here's the caveat, though. When the hedge fund comes to the brokerage and says, hey, loan me all the shares you have, it's pretty obvious it's going down. And then when people find out that I know because I'm smart, and I have a bunch of money. People are going to go, oh, yeah, fuck, it is going down, dude. This guy's pretty smart. People start to sell all their shit. So he goes, hey, dude, I would rather replace, instead of replacing a million shares that I borrowed at five bucks or a dollar or hopefully bankruptcy at zero, how about you just say that you own a million and a half shares? instead of a million and I will get to buy back a million and a half at zero and we'll figure out whatever, you know, how much, look at how much more he profits on shares that don't technically exist. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. And that's the part that you're, that's the part that's pissed. I think a lot of people off is that it's already illegal to naked short, right? Isn't you it know Ill- why when they Isn't yes it, it is illegal yes it's technically illegal to borrow more shares from a broker so why than what they currently hold so then why aren't these why isn't the SEC going after these people rather than uh you know the market being mad at the Wall Street bets it doesn't make well, sense here's why, the, who's who well, goes to jail for this well technically the person who should go to jail for this stuff is whoever represents the broker. Cause if because I, the broker if I sold allowed you a car, more to be lent out. If I sold you a car that I didn't own, I'd go to jail. That's car theft. Yeah, but guess what? I don't know if you've looked around, dude, but uh, brokers have a lot of friends in some high places last time I checked. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Take a left down so, Boulevard. So... And yeah. dude, you know what normally happens when when a company gets a hundred percent shorted on every stock that that a broker owns that they've lent out? Ninety nine point nine percent of the time the fucking company goes straight to the shitter and it goes bankruptcy. Yeah. Okay, great. So they took a gamble. Right? They took a gamble because they know it's illegal to do it. But what are the odds of it ever getting exposed? 
Well, if if Wall Street bets hadn't figured this shit out, right, we we wouldn't even know about it. We would just watch GameStop right. go you out of business. You would never. That's the thing, though. You would never know. And they would benefit a huge amount from their yeah. shorts, from their naked shorts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because for every share you borrow at twenty, you get to replace at zero. I mean, that's a that's fucking win win, dude. Yeah. Right. So why not borrow more than what that person has? And the brokerage would go, okay, dude, if if we loan you more than what we technically have, when you buy it back at zero, we will, you know, can you kind of sort of give us something for all this extra money you made on shit that didn't technically exist? I don't know what the fuck goes on, but there's got to be something in it for the brokerage to do it. Right. So other than the interest that they get paid, they allow it to be over short. There's one thing that I've learned, which is a term that I've heard like people throw around, which is called T2, which is when you buy a share of a company, it takes two days to for the brokerage to go to the exchange, buy it. The person that wants to sell it brings it to the exchange. It takes two days for it to exchange hands. That's called a T2, I guess. I'm not sure why, because last time I checked, when my company wants my money, they fucking T instant, yeah. which is thanks for your shit, right? right? But for some reason, there's a little bit of this float program out there where they take advantage of the float. Have you ever, back in the day, and I can honestly pony up to this shit, have you ever like, Back in, you know, when I first got out of high school, dude, I would write a check for something knowing it would take a couple days to clear the bank and then I would get paid on Friday. That's called the flow. Right. Right. So what these guys do is they know it takes a couple days for this person to buy it to close, this person to borrow it to close. And in the meantime, they have gone out and gone to other brokers and borrowed their shares, not knowing that they've done it. So that's how you get over a hundred percent is you're constantly borrowing more, 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 more. And then next thing you know, you wake up three days later and go, Holy fuck, dude, these guys, this hedge fund borrowed twice as many shares than, than what's technically available because they borrowed them all before the float caught up to them. Right. That's how they got to this percentage point. Well, it just happens to be illegal. And this guy exposed it. Good for him for doing it. I don't know how the fuck he even figured it out. But now they're caught between a rock and a hard spot. Because for every share that someone goes out and acquires, they can't replace. Yeah. But they're already in another predicament where they have all these shares that they cannot technically replace anyways because they borrowed twice as many that even fucking exist. That's a problem, right? I mean, so to watch this guy sort of get like slammed and belittled, for them to do that, though, is so, I think, is wrong. Really, because right. now you're talking about. Are you talking about Roaring Kitty? No, I'm. Well, whoever is behind Wall Street Bets, I don't know who's behind it. Oh, I. Th- it's got to be a group of people. Yeah, I think Wall Street Bets is definitely 
uh, a group of people, but I feel like Wall Street Kitty has ended up kind of in the. Uh, He's the martyr of the group, I guess, huh? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of looking that way. He's going to fall under SEC scrutiny, probably. He has a YouTube right. channel, and obviously he's on Reddit. But if you but if you think about it, like why is he falling under SEC scrutiny for pointing for pointing out a crime? Right. Because he doesn't have the money. They the, the know other people control the money. But it was it would kind of be like they know that this rule was in place, but yet they didn't enforce it. So instead of focusing their attention on going after the people who broke the law, they're going to go after the person that pointed out these people broke the law. How, how the fuck does that work? That's what I found so wrong in the situation. It was like, and that's why I wanted to get behind it because I didn't agree with it. I was like, so you see a guy robbing a liquor store, you call the cops and they're going to put you in the back of the cop the car and interrogate the shit out of you because you called the cops on the dude robbing the liquor store. Right. I mean, dude, that is a definition of horse shit. Yeah. But I think I looked up horse shit and it said something about go see wall street vets calling out crooks. And then I went to that and it wasn't in the dictionary and I got kind of lost, but I mean, it's an (laughs) asshole move, dude. Well, it's, it's the thing is, is the, the problem is, is the guy that you called the cops on robbing the liquor store um, he's basically paid that cop to come out to his neighborhood and do a speak on how, uh, you know, to do a, a public talk on how not to commit crime and paid him a ton of money to do it. Yeah, basically. And the cop remembers put it that. in our vernacular, yeah. you know, that's our vernacular, which is like, oh, okay. So because that's your buddy, he showed up and now... I'm the one being ridiculed for pointing out the crime that he committed. He goes, yeah, I need to find out. I need to make sure that you're not stirring up um, a bunch of horse shit because of this, this dude. It's sort of like them just being in cahoots. But I mean, that's what made me get behind it. I didn't give a shit about whether or not I made money or whatever. I just didn't like the fact that, that when I was listening to the TV, I knew nothing about it. But when they started to go after this, uh, you know, this, this Reddit feed, I go, so a guy pointed out you guys did something and you're pissed about it. Right. I mean, this is actually what I'm fucking hearing on TV. I can I couldn't even believe that's what I was hearing. Right. So it got me to dive into it and go, what's up with this shit? Well, like, how does this work? And I feel you know? like, I feel like the people that are truly upset about it, the ones that are really like acting the angriest about it, uh, they're the guiltiest ones. Yeah, because they have the most to lose. Right. So you got these hedge funds A now that the of public money. knows. You got the SEC who wasn't wasn't enforcing the rules. You got the brokerage who, if think about it, dude, if their hedge fund buddy doesn't pay up, they the head or the the brokerage has all these people that own these stocks that brokerage is responsible for those people having those stocks. The brokerage lent them out to somebody who potentially couldn't pay him back. So if they can't pay him back, who the fuck do you think has to pay him back? Probably the brokerage, huh? Right. Since they're the ones that lent them out. Well, that was my check. That was my question for you earlier today when we were talking on the phone is 
there's going to have to be a back door. Like, I don't see an end in sight for the hedge fund because people are digging in and they're yeah, angry. Yeah, they are. And they're and, smart. Dude, just, just hang tight, dude. Yeah, just hold the line. Just hold the line. Yeah. And uh, that's really kind of what's happening. We talked about it earlier today. You sent me a picture. We talked about the base, right? Like, the stock right. is, uh, it climbs. They seem to shut down trading, and then it, it levels out, and then it climbs again, and they shut down trading, and then it levels out. But every time it levels out, it levels out a little bit higher than where it. Yeah, it seems like the base is getting stronger. I like, mean, like people are not it, letting it's go. It's sort of setting up to use our vernacular. It's setting up. It's, as the more it sets up, the stronger it gets, and that shit's not moving. Like. Yesterday, it was starting to set the foundation. As it as the, the foundation sits there, it sets up and gets stronger. So yesterday, the foundation seemed to be about 50 as I was watching the chart. And so today, it spiked up and whatever. And you know where the foundation settled in? About 60. Right. That fucking foundation, it won't move, dude. It will not go below. So it's these people that kind of sort of get momentum with, realizing you know what this is wrong because dude most american people they're not in the business of fucking people over it's just not really how we're wired right so when they see something wrong they go you know what it's not about the money i'm gonna buy a, a stock in gamestop and i'm gonna hold this shit because it's my way of voting that says fuck you I'm holding the line because this is wrong. This whole shit is wrong. Right. Because I don't know if you remember back in LA, there's a lot of people who lost a lot of jobs. They promised to fix it. But I remember, they kind of sort I of happened it. to forget to fix it, you know? Yeah, I remember it being in the news, but I never really had any problem with it because I worked in like what I would call a recession-proof industry at the time. Yeah, well. People need to buy groceries. This, they need to buy food. Yeah, we were kind of in a different, we were, we fell into the necessity yeah, version of society, which, you know, when you're a truck driver and it, not only are you a truck driver, but you're in grocery. Right. What other two things do you need? I mean, the whole fucking U.S. is fucked if you don't have those two things. Yeah. So stuff, we stuff, were kind stuff of Stuff needs isolated. to get to where it's going. Yeah, I was, right. I was really protected fr from the... In fact, it's funny, the industry that I'm in now, I don't know if you remember, but uh, there were guys... Uh, coming from the industry that I'm in now to work where we were. You, I, yeah, yeah, because of everyone needs to eat. Right. And not all shit is made in one location, so it needs to get where it needs to get. Right. I mean, it's pretty basic shit. Yep. But I mean, you know, back to but the... But I do remember watching it on the news and, and really being worried about other people. Yeah. I mean, I, I know. There's a lot of people that got really really hurt in that time frame yeah and i was lucky enough so. to be working in you know like i said again i considered it a recession proof industry um i was able to buy a house at the bottom of the market because of that yeah yeah well i mean and now my house has I a was... podcasting studio that's available <laughs> to other people if they want to come out and use it all they got to do is reach out to us at murder shack uh, murder shack studios at gmail.com yeah hey baby will you give me another beer there you go. That's what we need. Let's go so anyway. Let's get another beer into Justin and let's keep going down this rabbit hole. So what do you see? What do you predict? So my prediction is somewhere along the line, 
the hedge funds that that shorted these stocks are going to have to make things right. And right now they the do. public is not letting them buy stock back. And you're saying the only way to make a short right again is to replace the stock you borrowed. That is absolutely correct. If you borrow, well, I don't know, dude, you've taken out a fucking loan. The only way to pay it, the only way to, to pay it off is to pay it back. Right. Right. Or well, file you, bankruptcy. It, you better pay or file bankruptcy. So what I'm saying is, I predict there's going to be a backdoor. There's going to be a golden parachute. The hedge fund managers, Wall Street's going to get together. They're going to figure out a way to bail out these people. To get them out of the contract that they're in with the shorts. I think well, that's going to happen. Well, here's the problem, dog. Have you ever co-signed a loan for someone? Uh, No, I was always told not to. Oh, okay. I wonder why that is. <laughs> I think it's pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, guess what? Anyone who's co-signed a loan, and I'm talking to the giving tree right now, he knows who he is, uh, They, you pay for it. You might as well just okay, have gotten good. the car yourself or the house. Well, guess what, dude? If these hedge funds cannot replace the stock, they got a real fancy co-signer behind them. Who's their co-signer? The brokerage, the brokerage that lent it out. Oh. So and the, the hedge brokerage fund- that lent it out has to replace the shit. So do you don't think there's catastrophic consequences yeah. for lending out more than what the dude you vouched for can replace? Yeah. If he can't replace them, because in order for a hedge fund to replace the stock, they have to go out into the open market and buy it. And when that happens and you start to see what they call institutional trading, which is big blocks of stock being purchased, not just one stock here, three, four, five. Institutions, they trade in blocks. Right. They buy they buy shares in fifty thousand, hundred thousand, ten thousand. They buy them in blocks. When that starts happening, that is what happened this morning. Big blocks of shit start getting bought. Well, what happened? Fucking price goes through the roof. Yeah. Because so, it got all the way up to $95 today, didn't it? Yeah, it yeah. got all the way up to 95 You know why? Because if you look at the volume chart, when the volume picks up, based upon how much is being bought, what happens to the price? It goes up. Well, those aren't the average Joe buying, dude. That is an institution buying them. So when an institution is forced to buy something, the price skyrockets. If you go back to this morning, and you pull up a volume chart. Now, don't give me credit for learning this. The dude on Wall Street bet said, hey, watch the volume of purchases coming in. That will tell you who is buying. When they're buying, the volume shoots up, the price skyrockets. Those are massive blocks of stock being purchased. Then, when people like, you know, and I don't, you can't blame like the average Joe the average citizen like you and I, if a guy had bought, you know, let's say a thousand dollars at two hundred dollars or a thousand bucks at two hundred bucks a share and he only got five shares and you know, maybe he that was all he had and he goes, Oh shit, the price went up, dude, I'm gonna go ahead and sell. You can't blame a guy for doing that. But when those people trade, the volume takes a shit. Because it de- they don't buy in blocks or sell in blocks. So the guy goes, hey, dude, watch what happens to the volume. 
So as you go and you see something, correlate the price rise with the volume. That's what that guy on Wall Street Bets was pointing out. And so I go, okay, well, he must be on to something. He's got either he is fucking beyond wicked smart or he's got a team of people that have had an asshole of people playing Tom fuckery with the system. And dude, there's no, like when I was talking to my girl, man, it's almost like there's no worse vengeance than like a woman scorned, which would be like, dude, fuck with me. And I will devote all my energy into fuck learning your system and breaking you with the system you made. Right. So he just went, whoever this, these people are, dude, they just went and learned a whole system that was quote, hush, hush. And we're smart and you're an idiot and you go to work and, We'll be over here doing us. And the guy goes, well, not only did I learn your game, but I learned how to beat your ass in your own game. Well, it's funny, man. I remember uh, I was a little drunk because uh, I was on a, a business retreat type thing. And yeah. uh, when we were flying back, you know how I'll, I'll just strike up a conversation with strangers and shit. So there was this yeah. dude in a really nice suit sitting at the airport. And I just you know, gradually eased him into a conversation and, uh, it turned out he was a trader. Uh, he, he, he did something with investments. I wonder if I could go through my phone and find that guy. I'd love to, maybe we could get him on, but, uh, uh, we ended up exchanging phone numbers, uh, which is crazy. And, uh, I remember him saying something to me about, he felt like the biggest vol volatility that was ever introduced into the market was allowing the, the common man to begin to invest and trade. And, uh, yeah. and I guess I, I guess that took place sometime around Clinton's time. And he said, the problem is, is that human beings are emotional. Whereas the financial sector is not apparently. No, they're not dude. They right. have, well, not only that, well, they're driven though, to make cash. Pretty, yeah, but dude, they're, but hedge fund managers who do it, that's not their money. I, they will probably never disclose whose money it is. But, dude, the, the hedge fund manager isn't playing with his money. I'm not sure if you're a gambler, but I happen to be one. And if you've ever bet with someone else's money, you don't give a fuck if you lose it or not. Right. What do you care? Right. It's not yours. Dude, right. that's like if I go out to, you know, a place where I'm playing craps, like in – like this last New Year's Eve, dude, and my girl and I went down to Vegas. When I was playing with the house money, I went from, when I was playing craps, I went from sort of like not doing super great to just shooting up. Because I figured, fuck it, it's not my money. If I lose it, I'm oh. playing with theirs. Okay, I thought when you said shooting you up, know? you were like, I'm not doing great, so I better get some heroin in me. I got gotcha. you. Okay, it was crap's term. Well, yeah, I mean, I got CDL, <laughs> dog, so anything related to that shit, that never goes down my road. But, no, I know. I just wanted to fuck with you a little bit. Yeah. So, but no, I mean, I figured once I was up on the house money, yeah, I was going to go aggressive. Right. Fuck it, dude. It's not. Worst case scenario is I go down to zero. Well, dude, the hedge funds do the same thing. We just don't know who They're the like, house money is. Yeah, you just get all this money in, and so you get to go out and say, oh, dude, let's do this and let's do that. And worst case scenario, we kind of had a little down year this year. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's not my money. What do I give a shit? 
you know? So... Uh, so where do you see this heading at this point i mean we've been talking back we've been texting back and forth a couple phone calls here and there we're talking about the base right right? the base is slowly building up it seems like most of the people on wall street bats are holding i'm holding here's here's what i'm sort of noticed the strategy is going to be which is they're going to the the people that are on whether cb cnbc or whatever the fuck their strategy is is to divert attention. Yeah. Did Did you ever play StarCraft back in the day? Hell yeah. Okay. So I used to play StarCraft in like my early twenties. Yeah, man. And one thing about StarCraft, is which is it funny because I was playing StarCraft called... in my early tens. Oh, okay. Well, okay. <laughs> but anyway, so I mean, you are ten years younger than me, so I get it. But yeah, go figure. Um. I don't know if you recall, but in StarCraft, there was something called a Zerg attack. Yeah. Right? Yep, the Zerg. So, Zergs had, like, no hit points whatsoever. But what it did was when you sent a shitload of them in, it diverted the attention away from the big mob. Yeah. And you just kind of sort of systematically picked it apart. Right. Well, the one thing you can do with Zerg is you separate them. So, they all get to the attack at different times. Right. Right. And so it's easy to pick those off, dude. But if they all get there once and then they stay on that, they take that down. So I was thinking about something that I could relate to that was really similar to what's going on right now, which is there's a bunch of us that only have hundred bucks or 200 bucks. And we say, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to buy one or two of these shares and I'm going to hold it. Yeah. And I'm going to hold it. Because if enough of us hold it, we can send a message to these idiots that, hey, and they, and they call us names and say, you're dumb and you're gambling with, you know, stimulus money or do whatever the fuck they pipe dream up is horseshit on them. Because they're, they're trying to belittle us or, you know, belittle the average person who goes to work every day. But Well, it's like when I talked about you know, uh, them using the word market volatility, right? Like... Uh, you know, if I tell you that something's volatile or a certain behavior that you have is volatile, you are automatically sort of like in your mind, you're like, Oh wait, should I not do that then? Right. So it's rhetoric that they're using to try to scare people away to then for, for them to regain control over the, the situation. Yeah, That's what they're doing. What they're, they're trying, trying to, to do control. is just try to sort of divide and sort of conquer in a way, you know, like, yeah. okay, dude, we'll just, we'll just, separate all these out and then they'll just show up one at a time and they're not going to do any damage. Sort of like the Zerg attack thing. Like you show up one at a time, dude, they just pick you off as you roll in. But what has happened in this case is a lot of people with not much have decided, you know what? It's not about the money, even though in the end game, it will be about the money, which, you know, I could sort of, Dude, the difference from from me, though, is I'm not a fucking stock expert, but what I've figured out is it's almost like a staring contest. And I didn't come up with that. I stole that off of somebody on the feed, which he goes, dude, it's like a staring contest of where they have to blink eventually. And if you hold it, you don't have to blink. You get to close your eyes and do whatever. Because it's not costing you any money to buy it and hold it. 
right. where it's costing them to not buy it. See, what do you, like what do you margins, think it's costing them? You know? Millions of dollars well, a day? Well, see, now it comes down to... Because like, they're bleeding interest. A, well, I've heard that, well, from the research I've been doing is um, normally when you short a stock, they don't charge you much interest. But this is a high-profile case, and a lot of brokerages are raising it to to uh, thirty to fifty percent interest on these short positions, right? Because what they've learned is that they have borrowed more than what is physically available, and there's only seventy million shares total of GameStop, which is a very low outstanding share flow. And 23% of those are held by people inside the company. So there's only like 47 million available to the public. So not only have they shorted a shitload above the outstanding flow, which is the outstanding available, they've shorted, with recent estimates, they've shorted 225% of what's even available to the public. So they're almost at a two, a two to one than what they can even buy. So if they can't even buy back what they've shorted, if enough people hold on to what they have, they're fucked three ways from Sunday. Right. Because you have to buy back two to every one, and the one isn't even for sale, let alone the two to one. That that's how overexposed these fucking clowns are, but they've always got away with it, dude. And that is what it's got me so dove into this shit. Where how the fuck did this even happen? Well, this happened because of one full blown fucking greed on cocksuckers that think they can just pile drive companies into the ground and make money, which right. is an asshole move. But two of it's always worked before. Why should we change anything? You just happen to get exposed. That's all. This is a unique, this is not only unique, dude, but it's so unique that this will never happen again. Well, you call it the perfect storm. This will never happen again, dude. Why will it never happen again, though? Because it happened in 2008, it's happening again. Why is this time different? Because it's one of those things where they knew the they knew what happened in 08, so they made a rule. Oh, but then they, they didn't sort follow of the turn, rule. They kind of sort of turned a blind eye to it because it's never popped its head again. Now that it's popped its head again, this will never happen again. Because the SEC got caught with their pants down originally. Then they moved a little bit forward. And they've kind of let their pants drop a little bit and now they've got caught with their pants down again. Yeah. So now and it sounds they're going like to go get a fucking belt. Yeah. They've went and got a belt dude that you couldn't get that fucking thing off with a front loader. I mean, they, they're going to learn from this shit. This is that perfect storm of, uh, do you think they'll I learn from this shit? Believe we're, oh, absolutely dude. This shit. Dude, you know what they've done in China? You know what China did that I've learned that when it came to shorting and what America learned, you're not allowed to short stocks in China. I wonder why that is. Not period. They won't allow it, period. 
Wow. Why? We allow it for different reasons, which I'm trying to figure out and learn really what is it where they allow it other than the fact that the brokerage gets to make money on them sort of being the middleman and the connection between the guy who owns and the guy that wants to borrow. But I think the brokerage houses, if they get, if they're the ones who have to cover these fictitious shares that they lent out and this catches up to them, yeah. they will never go make a rule, dude, that go, Hey, you can short, but we will never short above 50% of the shares we hold. Yeah. The last time that happened, we got our ass handed to it. This won't happen again. And that's what that dude's getting at. Like, dude, this, this is that one, the head that popped up after the fact. And they go, you know what? From now on, not fucking happening. Just like we did at the airports and shit doing nine 11 and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We allowed some shit, but you know what? Fuck you. We are going to basically anal probe you to make sure you don't even have a toothbrush anywhere near your vicinity. We yeah. learned our lesson. It just took it. They're going to learn their lesson. And that's how I, that's what that guy was pointing out. Dude, this is a perfect storm. And not only is it a perfect storm with a different case scenario, but go look at any company you can think of and go look at how many shares they have outstanding. Yeah. GameStop has 70 million. Go find me another company that's even close to 70 million. They're not even fucking close, dude. Most companies got like 500 million, a billion shares. I mean, they're insane amount of shares. Not this company. They got 70 million shares. So anytime these hedge funds have to come in and cover and buy shares, the price goes through the fucking roof because there's not a whole lot of shares available. See, it's called, I guess it's what they call in the market is liquidity. How much is out there? If you're buying something, there's a shitload of them out there. It doesn't really show up on the radar. But if there's not very many out there, when they come in to buy, it shows up on the radar. So they got not only a liquidity share issue problem. So every time they try to make a move, it makes a big move in the price. They have the fact that they're overshorted more shares than they could possibly buy back. And number three, they found a guy who is willing to expose their Tom fuckery. It's like a perfect storm that is going to collapse on this. If people don't sell their shares. Yeah. That's the problem they have. There's I'll, no other scenario like this. I'll tell you the truth. I, I was on the fence dude about jumping in on buying GameStop until you put it to me in a way that I don't, no one had ever really said it this way, but it made a lot of sense when you said it. What a better way for us to carry the data to our video game consoles for these huge games because they're massive right. in data. And that's when I, I decided I was like, God, you know what? You're right. And now that people are aware that the hedge funds are trying to short them and get them out of business, uh, I, I don't think they're going anywhere. That's why I bought the stock. And I'm going to hang on to it till I'm probably going to will it to my daughter. I'll let her have well, it. I'll tell you what I've done. I'll tell you what I've done, dude. I went back and looked at the chart of when this company came available. And 
when it went to its heights and when it started to drop down. At one point, dude, it, it's only split once in the history of the company that I've been able to discover. And where it's sitting right now is the height that it's ever been in the past. Yeah. Right about sixty four dollars. Well, the funny thing right? is, is like the if you look at certain news stations, they're saying, "Oh, GameStop lost eighty four percent today." But what they don't realize is that overall, it's up one hundred eighty four percent for the year. Well, they got a or got not the year, though. But yeah, of course they do. Yeah. So well, they got uh, an agenda. So. So the thing to do right now is if you don't like hedge funds, research GME, look into it, see if it's a stock you like, buy it and hold it keep it yeah but dude i but i'm not holding it for the company i'm holding it for sort of the moral behind the story yeah it's time to teach them a lesson which which is you guys allowed this and then the fact that they wanted to demonize the person that exposed it yeah i say fuck off yeah because if you're going to go after the guy who called the cops for the guy on the guy who Rob the liquor store, then fuck you. That's what I say. Right. So. Yeah. And, but it, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting to see what's going to happen, but I've, I've seen the last couple of days, this base is setting up, man. Yeah. It's 50 base and now it's 60 base. And then what on Monday, as this, this new money sort of trickles in, this base gets stronger. Sure. You're going to get a bunch of, of people who own one or two shares that say, fuck you. Yeah. Well, guess what, dude? Eventually, they have to be bought. And I don't know about you, dude, but it's really hard to buy shit that's not for sale. Right. So guess what happens? you got to bid the price up. Eventually, if they bid the price up enough, people will sell. You know, I mean, hell, dude, if someone came to you today and said, hey, dude, I want to buy your house for... 500 grand you go no i'm not interested someone said they came to you and said i'll give you three million you'd probably take it yeah see? oh yeah definitely well, well that's going to happen to the stock price here at yep. a certain point people are going to go okay it's four grand and people go well stocks can't go that high is that right the last research i've checked dude the highest stock price i've ever seen is like 300 and something thousand dollars a share yeah Oh really? Can't go that high? Well, they can go as high as they can go as high as the market requires them to, right? That's how it works, and then go all the way down to zero. Yeah, supply and demand. Yeah. So, what was it? One of their strategies: take away demand, and we'll get rid of the price cap. Well, guess what? You can't do that anymore. Now, there's too many people on board. They they limited it to five shares. You know what happened? A bunch of people bought five shares. Oh, fuck. Well, that didn't work. We just slowed him down. Right. Oh, oh shit. Well, we're going to make it where you can't do, you can't hold no more than 20. Okay. Well, I want 20 then. Well, if enough people hold 20, they're like, oh, fuck. Well, that didn't work. So then I hear Janet Yellen going, well, you know what we should do? We should tax these people to eliminate it. Really? You want to tax like the average American citizen because he wants to buy a stock? How about you admit that you didn't enforce the rules and take fucking responsibility for once in your fucking life for not following through on something you promised people you would do in 08? Right. How about that? Not, well, these people are gambling. Okay. Right. Okay. How about you focus on what you were supposed to do and leave me the fuck alone? I won't sell my shit until the price is right. 
Right. Maybe that's 50 grand a share. We'll find out. We'll see if I need the money or not. Like, I don't have to sell, but you have to buy. You kiss my ass. And that's the situation it's going to come down to. So good. Good. I hope that's what happens. Sure. I hope enough people just buy and just hang on, dude, because it's fucking wrong what they did, and they should be exposed for it. So blow yourself. If enough people hurt in 08 and can go back and remember the ass fucking raping that they took and go, you know what? I'm going to take that anger from all that shit, and I'm going to just buy a couple of stocks a couple shares of GameStop and hold them, it's their way of paying them back for not enforcing what brought the pain in 08. So, yeah, that's my opinion. I'll be, but if there's another avenue I'm going to go down tonight, dude, which is figuring out a way to sort of do a smoke and mirrors, which is called synthetic options for longs and shorts and puts and calls, which is a way for a hedge fund to disguise how many shares they have shorted is right. by saying like we don't because and the analogy I sort of broke down would be like kind of if you owed me a hundred bucks and I told you hey dude I'm I I have 50 but I have another guy who owes me 50 so when he gives you the, the 50 he owes me to you I technically only owe you 50 on the books because you're going to get the 50 that my buddy owes me that pays you. It's going to be their way. It's called a synthetic long. And that's sort of the the basis on in layman's terms of what that means. But I got to break that down and figure it out. And that's sort of my goal tonight. So sure. We'll see how many beers I have and see how much shit I can read. But (laughs) fuck them, dude. That's what I say. You know? Right. Well, listen, man, uh, I really uh, appreciate you lending me your expertise when it comes to this and helping other people understand the last, um, most of the contact that I've had about the last show, people really appreciated you being able to break it down for them. So, well, cool, dude. I mean, no, I'm, I'm in, I'm a work in progress. I'm going to try to learn and figure this shit out. Yeah. We'll keep talking about it, dude. I, I I think, uh, this is probably going to be at the forefront of everybody's minds for a little while. Um, cause it, cause it's interesting and it's, it's that sort of, uh, David and Goliath type story. Um, while I got you though, dude, I want to share some news with you or at oh, least, yeah? at least tell you some stuff that's coming up anyways. Uh, pretty soon on the show, dude, I'm going to actually have an addiction specialist in, uh, oh, wow, right on. so we're going to talk about addiction and uh, I actually want to talk to her a little bit about the conspiracy theory stuff you and I touched on on another conversation i also have uh, a clinical sexologist who's going to be on here pretty soon and i'm really excited to talk to her um but the one of the interviews that's coming up that i'm really excited about it's going to be over the phone because she's not a local girl but uh i have i've been speaking with uh a girl who i uh she makes money through her own only fans so she produces her own porn content, and uh, oh wow, that's, yeah. that's right up your alley there, buddy. Well, <laughs> cool. I don't know about that, but I'm excited to talk to her because it's you know I don't know much about it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm pretty yeah, excited right for that. Yeah, so. yeah, you don't. Yeah, like I hear you. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, cool. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited to talk to her about that. Yeah, I have to try to listen, dude. I mean, I 
I get so enthralled in my girls. Like, dude, you do anything else. I mean, seriously, I can right. do something. I'm like, well, I'm a little involved in this. Well, maybe, maybe, you, you know me to... though, dude, when I'm all, when I'm in, I'm all in. Yeah. You know? Maybe you need to at least so. sit down and listen to the addiction episode. Right. Maybe that would help okay. you. Maybe that would help right. you with this, uh, addictive tendency you have to all of a sudden become a stock market expert overnight <laughs> <laughs> well it's not overnight dude but i do have a chart sitting in front of me and yeah. i have a in investopedia open in the back on what is a synthetic long and how does that work <laughs> and so yeah I'm, I'm definitely going yeah it's like sort of the encyclopedia <laughs> of investing yeah. which they use words that I barely can read nor understand. So then it makes me click on it and go, what does that mean? And what does that mean? And then like, yeah, shit, dude, next thing you know, I'm in this rabbit hole and I'm like, dude, I barely graduated high school. Yeah. I, I don't even know what these words are. So then I have, I'm like, <laughs> Oh man, I got to go back and refigure this out. And so no, it's, it's a challenge for me, but I mean, I'm going to that's I'm fun. Gonna get to the bottom of this shit, dude. I know that. I know. So, I know what it's like to go down a rabbit hole, dude. I feel you. So, yeah. uh, Again, man, we talked about it earlier. Uh, if anyone wants to come in, use the studio. Um, you know, whether you want, whether or not you want to come on as a guest, maybe you're an expert in something or you just have an interesting story, you can reach me at murdershackstudios at gmail.com. Uh, or, you know, maybe you want to start your own show. The studio is here. Uh, we have COVID protocols in place. Um, we have, uh, you know, cleaning capabilities and that kind of thing. So, we're uh, trying to still, I mean, even even if uh, you don't want to necessarily start the show up in person right now, I do have the capability to take some pretty decent phone calls. Cool, man. And they can find I us. I wish at, the best for you, Don. Yeah, you too, man. It's uh, It sucks you being all the way where you're at and not being able to see you face-to-face. Hopefully one day we'll get to do one of these shows in, in studio. Yeah, cool. Right. Well, take care, dude. I'm going to get back to crunching some numbers. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it, man. Okay. Okay, bye. Well, that's all she wrote, guys. I appreciate you listening in. Again, like I said, you can reach us at murdershackstudios, gmail.com. Uh, look forward to hearing from you guys. If you have any questions for Justin, uh, shoot, him, shoot him over to that email. I look forward to it. Appreciate you guys listening in. Peace.